1: Good evening ladies and gentlemen Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench On this Sunday evening We have a patcho show coming away Between now and 7pm Reaction to come from Cork's win over Cavendish outside the Cork ladies booked their place in the All-Ireland semi-final Fantastic victory for the Rebels Today. Elsewhere We're going to be hearing from Saoirse Noonan following her international call-up Earlier on in the week The first time Saoirse has been called up to the uh, Full national squad for a uh, competitive game. Elsewhere we're going to be hearing from Ian Maguire looking back on a famous victory for Cork last week uh, against Kerry. A fantastic win that was. Still talking about that, still smiling about that. And we're going to hear from Katie Taylor after her dominant win last night. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Going to give me the evil eye there from the studio, our Kerry Queen, not too happy with that fantastic result last week. Root. Are you all right, Pet? Are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? do
2: you know now you
1: can stop talking about it actually I'm fine <laughs> I will never ever ever get tired of speaking about that Cork win and uh, that famous marking goal. we're going to hear Ian Maguire talking about that uh, in a little bit I'll just get you up to date on everything that's been happening today Dustin Johnson's the lead in the field uh, he's two shots clear at the top of the leaderboard at the Masters he's played 10 holes he's on 17 under par. Roy McIlroy 2 under through 12 holes today 10 under par for the tournament he's in a tie for 5th Shane Lowry his level power after playing 15 holes today leaving him 5 under all round. Tiger Woods had a nightmare earlier on today taking a 10 on a par 3 put his ball into the water a couple of times and um, it was uh, tough to watch, reminding me Hacking my way around golf courses But uh, it was uh, it was Tough to watch uh, for Tiger He's level par now today for his Round 5 over four. the tournament He's in a tie for 43rd It was the uh, par 3 12th where he took The 10th, but then he responds by Going out and getting 4 birdies in his next 5 holes That is Tiger Woods Just put it out of his mind, got 4 birdies in the next 5 holes Absolutely incredible stuff from him. Uh, Gaelic games. Limerick have beaten Waterford twenty-five points to twenty-one in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship final at Semple Stadium, receiving the victory for John Kylie's side. Marks marks the first time since nineteen eighty-one they've retained the provincial title. We'll be talking to Valerie Wheeler about that in a little bit. But in the meantime, this is Valerie's report.
3: Limerick twenty-five points. A Waterford to twenty-one points. It is full time here in Semple Stadium, Thurles, and Limerick are back-to-back Munster Senior Hurling champions. The 3 teams were the happier side going in at half-time as they were three points up but once the second half whistle went the data started to push on and fight as they weren't long-matching Limerick and Stephen Benning got two scores and Jack Printergast adding the third to make it 14 points apiece. It was a really close encounter as the sides were leveled four times heading into the water break but it was from there that John Coyley's side started to push out the gap. Graeme O'Kai getting two lovely scores to his name along with Seamus Fanagan and Aaron Galan getting a total tally of 10 points. 2020 has been a strange year with no fans, no hats or no headbands, a championship like no other but an exciting end to the Munster Championship. Limerick are true to the All-Ireland Senior Hurling semi-final and it's the quarter finals for Waterford. Limerick 25 points, Waterford 21 points.
1: That's yeah, Valerie Wheeler They're uh, reporting From Semple Stadium We'll hear from Valerie In a little bit Elsa Mayo Are the Connacht Senior Football Champions so For the first time In five years They beat Galway 14 points to 13 The Pierce Stadium This afternoon There's the manager James Horn. Brilliant for us as a group You know with an awful lot of guys Playing the first Connacht final today Like the journey Has been a, been a really interesting one you know? So to come through that And then to be You know under that pressure With two or three minutes Into injury time With guys to have a free And everything going their way And the momentum with them And to hang on like, look, it's, it's, it's brilliant for them. We'll hear from James in full a little bit later on in the show. Now, Mayo will face the winner of Cork and Tipperary in the All Ireland semi final. Elsewhere, Cavan have announced the final with Donegal to look forward to in a repeat of last year's deciders. They beat down on a scoreline of 114 to 113 at the Athletic Grounds today. Martin Riley finding the back of the net for Mickey Graham's side. Dublin have beaten Leash 223 to seven points in their Leinster semi-final at Croke Park. Sean uh, Bugler and Kieran Kilkenny with the goals for the boys in blue earlier on today Meath reaching the decider with a 5-9 to 15 point win over Kildare the Royals trailed by six points at half time before a second half fight back in ladies football in the TG Car our senior football championship Cork have beaten Cavan today 7-9 to 2-6 was how it finished so they are now in the All-Ireland semi-final congratulations indeed to the Rebels they'll face Galway in that semi-final they beat Monaghan 2-13 to 2-8 we'll be hearing from the core camp in just a little bit in football it's scoreless between the Republic of Ireland and Wales in their UA for Nations League game in Cardiff second half is uh, just about to kick off there it's not great is uh, a polite way of describing that game in fact it's pretty poor elsewhere in Ireland's group H Finland lead Bulgaria 2-0 in Sofia here at home what a day for Longford Town they've been promoted to the SSC or League Premier Division they've beaten Shelburne 1-0 at Richmond Park in today's promotion relegation playoff final Robert Manley with the goal in the 54th minute Shelburne going down to the first division just a year after being promoted themselves and what a first division it is going to be next year! you've got Cork City co-ramblers you've got Shelburne going down and uh, you've got uh, John Caulfield's Galway United the first division going to be way better cracked than the Premier Division next year yeah Cling on to that. Uh, elsewhere in rugby, Munster enjoyed a bonus point. 38-22 won over the Ospreys at Tumman Park in the Pro 14 today to extend their lead at the top of conference B to eight points. And in Formula 1, Lewis Hamilton is equal Michael Schumacher's haul of seven world titles. The Englishman came home first to win the Turkish Grand Prix today, the 94th win of his career. It brings him level with the legendary German driver on 7 titles. All right, we are going to start with Gaelic Games. We're going to start with that fantastic uh, win for Corks uh, ladies today uh, and that win over Cabinet season them book their place in the All-Ireland semi-finals. Jeremy McCarthy was there for us and uh, he spoke to Anya Terry O'Sullivan and to Saoirse Noonan uh, after the game
4: two big goal scorers from today's win over Cavan. first of all on you Terry a hat trick fantastic performance for you a good win for Cork and uh, all roads now lead to that semi-final
5: yeah we're just actually delighted to get the win um, it was a tough game with conditions very slippy out there and Know, Cavan are a good side as well uh, we had a tough battle against Kerry last week so we were kind of in a good enough um, it was our first game and we were a bit rusty so I think we improved definitely for today and I think it showed them the scoreboard but we still have stuff to work on but we have three weeks now to, to get that right for Galway
4: Pleased with your own performance you took your goals very well
5: Yeah I'm uh, happy enough uh, I suppose the girls did great work out the pitch as well you know there was serious pressure put on the Cavan backs coming out and uh, we worked a lot of goals from that um, so yeah there's a lot of positives there which uh, Cork's work great right, really
4: Another person the goals again this week so, Shino, congratulations on your international call up as well and one of those two goals was an absolute cracker you must be delighted
2: yeah for sure I think um, the world is super out there and um... They definitely give the right passes in at the right time, so we're just grateful we came out with a good win today. Um, as Terry said, the conditions are, it was slippy and it was hard to get a grasp of the game, but I think we just kind of wore them out and we're happy with the result.
4: Um, another game under the belt, certainly from the football side of things for you, in between all the soccer, um, everything going right, you were able to manage?
2: Yeah, I think the last four games in the last nine days has been um, fairly tough on the old body, but um definitely happy, I think three wins out of four, so you can't complain.
4: Uh, and just finally you two on it, um, from, West Cork, or from a West Cork point of view, from a Cork point of view, tough, real tough opponents today in Cavan. I mean, the they would suggest otherwise, but just like that Kerry game, they, they never went away, and they made it very, very difficult for you.
5: Yeah, definitely. Even in the last couple of minutes there, like we probably drawing you know, I know the conditions were tough to play, in, but we lost a few balls and stuff. I suppose that kind of comes with result coming towards the end of the game. But they were very tough, and you know they have they very good footballers. In the first half there, they were hitting the balls into Ashton Sheridan there, and she was, um, you know, she was she was a threat. But thankfully, in the second half. Uh, we cut that out and uh, we took our scores well so happy to be home now with another win and looking forward to the semi-final now
4: Yeah going well for you as well fitness wise good to see you running getting yeah. a full game again under the belt
5: Yeah exactly um, you know it's, it's a tough time of the year now to be out um, training and stuff but you know, we're enjoying it and to be out for the full game now is great and uh, you know, we've, we've a big chance now to try and um, get back to another all-in final but there, there's going to be a, a huge test against Galway I think they only won again by a point today or something so you know, they've they've had two big matches between Mann and tip so um, it's going to be a massive game but we'll be looking forward to it
1: That's on you Terry O'Sullivan there, a hat trick for her today and you also heard from the other goal scorers Saoirse Noon will be hearing more from Saoirse in a little bit, I spoke to her about her international call-up that you mentioned in that conversation there so we'll talk to Saoirse about that in just a little bit, Jar also got a chance to speak to Darren Sullivan and Cair Sullivan.
4: Darren Sullivan, first of all congratulations into an All-Ireland semi-final how hard was it out there today because the scoreline will suggest it was a fairly one, uh, a fairly easy win but it wasn't because Kevin really put it up to you for long stretches
6: Yeah thanks very much, we're delighted I suppose to get into an All-Ireland semi-final um, Yeah look I think the scoreboard was extremely flattering on us um, I think Kevin are an excellent team and they battled fierce, fierce hard out there we worked very hard for our scores um, at half time we were worried, um, we we had to battle in the second half and we did thankfully a lot of girls stood up there today and we got some vital scores at very important times of the game
4: um, From your own point of view, you were involved in a lot of the scores today, you stood up quite a lot of scores Anya Terry were there, was there in, um, and Sir Noonan to finish off quite most of them but from your point of view, kicked some good points as well Are you happy with your performance?
6: Thanks, um, yeah to be honest, I'm not a fan of being one on one, so if there's someone there I'll give them the ball and um, it's a certain goal then, when you've the likes of Terry and side Um yeah look we, we played well as a unit there today, um, the six forwards are working well together, our two wing forwards work fierce hard up and down the lines, and, and Kier at centre forward as well is a, is a target there all the time
4: um, from your own point of view as well, happy with the performance, but happy just to get into the All around final board than anything else.
7: That's it. I think that's what it's all about in these games, especially in these conditions. Like, I'm not sure if people realise watching it, but um, the pitch there was fierce, fierce. Yeah, heavy. it was very heavy, wasn't it? It, it yeah. was. Like we were warming up, and we were like, "Oh my god!" Because I think we didn't realise how good we had it in Trilly last week. The yes. pitch was unbelievable in Trilly, and like that's to be expected this time of year. You know, it's heavier, and but it did make a big difference, and it just meant that we had to work extra hard for our scores, particularly against the wind in the first half. And it was just about. Being patient, and I think, as Duran said, it was about working as a unit. And we don't care who gets the scores once it's someone from with a Cork I... Um They
4: got in early for a quick goal. They got in a, a penalty as well. There are things to work on, though. I mean, everything tightened up after that. But the, as, I, as I just said, like it's always good to have something to work on coming out of it.
7: Definitely, um, it is something we are conscious of, and I think Efi spoke about it there afterwards. That it is a big thing that we have to take away. You know, mm. um, leaving t- gaps like that down the middle. I suppose we are leaving ourselves exposed, and we just have to be a bit more conscious that you know our first job, no matter if you're number 1 or 15 is to defend and then um, scoring is, is the second thing but we have to tighten up I suppose and I don't mean tighten up at the back, I mean tighten up from the yeah. full forward line out so definitely something to work on but I suppose we have three weeks to work on it so
4: we're delighted to, to be there. Happy to get 60 minutes under the belt again?
7: Yeah definitely I um, I had a little less than 60 now I got whipped <laughs> off a bit but
4: um, I was trying to be nice yeah. to you Yeah,
7: yeah. yeah no I am um, definitely I think it just to be playing at this time of the year I think now more than ever we realise how lucky we are to be playing matches and to be going training in the evening and stuff and I think you know we've all enjoyed it so much the last few weeks and we wanted to have another few weeks of it and thankfully we've minimum three weeks so Mm. we'll enjoy that and train hard for the next few weeks
4: It's Galway Again, mm-hmm. it's got to be in the semi final. They were put, Monaghan really put it up to them, so they've come through a really tough test. You know all about them, they know all about G, but home partner the next three weeks now just to get everything done.
6: Yeah, I suppose next couple of days recovery is extremely important. And then you saw there the girl, five girls who came on made a huge impact. So everyone will be fighting again to get back onto the 15 and starting 15 uh, top five subs. And then you're looking at making the match day panel as well. So the competition within our squad is, is immense, and, and that'll drive us now for the next three weeks I
4: think And just finally the fact uh, as we just said there that you're playing football this time of year. it is difficult for players because you're playing in very uh, heavy pitches the weather conditions aren't great but you're just glad to be involved and glad to be in that all Championship
6: Absolutely look um, a couple of months ago it wasn't looking likely so um, we're we're very very privileged and very happy to be playing um, it gives us I suppose structure just to be going to trainings uh, three nights a week meeting the girls and that social aspect of it but look p- competing at the highest level in all and
1: Semi-final is is what we where we want to be. That's yeah, Darren and Kira O'Sullivan there speaking the Jar after today's uh, fantastic win uh, over Cavan uh, uh, today. So a great win uh, for the Rebels. Finished seven nine two two six in favour of Cork. Uh, I'm going to hear from the boss. See if we Fitzgerald.
4: Efe uh, Fitzgerald you got the result you wanted did you get the performance you were looking for over well, 60 minutes
8: I suppose it was very patchy we started like a house on fire I think we had three goals in the first 10-12 minutes and then we got a little bit sloppy they were very defensive and the pitch was fairly heavy so it was hard to get going um, you know just hard to break through but all in all uh, we switched a few things around at half time and I think second half we, we totally dominated and um, it's kind of a strange score 7-9 was it we got so um, but still had 16 scores on a, on a you know on a winter's day so we can't complain about that but it's look we came up here to achieve semi-final, um, and that's what we've done. So we have to be happy with that, I suppose. A lot of the girls are saying the pitch is it heavy. It looked heavy, but it
4: was a lot heavier in patches on it as well. Like, so is that another factor, like yeah. on the legs?
8: Well, in terms of fluency, I suppose it was. Yeah, um, like there was a lot of drop balls and you know yeah. slipping there. But you're going to get that this time of the year, anyway. Um, like the pitch last week in Kerry was, you know, it was like a summer pitch. So like, there's a variety of stuff going on. We don't know where we'll be playing the semi-final now either. But but all in all, I think what you know what I'd be looking for is the application. Of the girls first of I think that was top class today. So disappointed to concede two goals so early, but I think once we got the grips with that, I think in the second half, um, you know, they never looked like threatening the goal, and you know, we, we were an out easy winners in the finish of it. Good place to be in from a manager's point of view. A good win into the semi-finals, but things to work on over the next few. Yeah, well, I mean, we've had little, very little done in terms of match preparation because of the when level five came in, we had to cancel three yeah. three challenge matches that we had arranged. So, like, we went into the Kerry game, with one game against Dublin, you know, three weeks prior prior to that. So hopefully Hopefully this game will bring us on another bit. Certainly our fitness levels and that will anyway, but um, but we have three weeks now again where we won't have I suppose we won't have any games again, so uh, that's difficult but you know we'll train hard and you know we use five subs today and some were different and we had a couple of changes some were different from what we started last week so there's great competition for places there and hopefully next week we'll have or for the next game sorry we'll have Libby available and and um, Nave and Cotter available for selection so uh, fingers crossed we have you know we've nearly had a clean bill of health for the first time in a long time so um, so we, we'll we work hard over the next couple of weeks and you know goal will be a different proposition obviously but you know when you get to a semi-final you're going to be meeting the best team so we down to the last four now, so we're still with that. That's
1: Efi Fitzgerald there in conversation with Gerard McCarthy um, following today's uh, win over Cabinet. Sees them into that final against Galway, as you heard Efi mention there. Uh, that's taking place on the 6th of December, so three weeks for the Rebels to prepare for that one. In the uh, Nations League uh, group, uh, B uh, Nations League B Group 4 my god it's really confusing uh, Wales and Ireland is still scoreless 56 minutes on the clock there and also in that group Finland uh, leading Bulgaria uh, by two goals to nil and an hour on the clock now as I mentioned uh, we heard from Saoirse Noonan and George's conversation with her but earlier on in the week she was called up by Ireland boss Vera Pau uh, to the uh, senior squad for the uh, qualifier with Germany uh, which is taking place on December first fantastic achievement for Saoirse Cork City's Ava Omani also called up she was fantastic last week in the win over uh, Treaty United in the FAI Cup semi-final and of course the other two Cork girls in the squad as well Denise O'Sullivan and Megan Connolly but I got a chance to speak to Saoirse about her international call up yeah
2: definitely um, it's definitely something um, I definitely have dreamt of before and for it to happen um, after such a great weekend um, was the icing on the cake how did you find out? I was, I actually got a phone call off from my manager um, about five o'clock on Sunday and I was in a lecture so I just kind of left it and I went yeah. to ring him back about eight o'clock and um, he answered and just, I was with my little sister yeah. and I there so he just told us the good news and to keep a hush shot until Tuesday.
1: <laughs> it must have been uh, hard to keep it quiet I'd say, was it?
2: Yeah, I suppose I i was allowed to tell my family um, but I suppose to tell my aunts and uncles and my granny grand I suppose that was a bit harder yeah. um, but definitely when they found out they were over the moon
1: and did you have any I suppose inkling that you're going to be called up to the Ireland squad this week
2: well I suppose I kind of knew um, I was told uh, two months about a month ago there it started of, um, when the league started back up again and we were about mm-hmm. two or three games in um, that Vera was watching me um, and she was keeping an eye on every game as well as Eileen so I suppose that kind of boosts you to like keep Um, I got a bit of feedback on what I needed to work on Um, I always knew I needed to work on my fitness which I really did over lockdown so that definitely benefited me a lot Um, and I suppose winning Player of the Month and for the league um, was definitely another boost as well going forward so all these little things probably benefited me Um, and again without my teammates I wouldn't be able to do it
1: Yeah and to, to hear Vera speak so highly of you in the press conference yesterday must have given you a massive boost
2: yeah, I suppose to hear an international um, manager um, praise you when you haven't even been in her camp yet was, was definitely um, a nice, a nice nice feeling. So, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go now and I'm looking forward to this weekend again and hopefully I can prove why
1: um, I got to call up again. And it was interesting to hear Vera saying that she was uh, reading much your with the Cork footballers as well and keeping tabs on that as well.
2: Yeah, um, as I said, an international manager um, at such a high level, I suppose... Um, you'd expect nearly them all to they, they want them to want you to focus on one sport um, you have it here with clubs managers want um, I suppose the top players to focus on their sport um, and they want you so for her to say kind of um, such a great comp- uh, comment such as that she won't make me choose mm-hmm. um, was was nice to hear um, of course playing at such a high level um, too cold sometimes you ha- you have to make choices but um, to not um be put on the spot and be told you have to make it right now was, was nice
1: to hear. Yeah, it probably takes a lot of pressure off, I'd imagine, does it?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, Vera still has to pick her 20, her final 23 squad. So, um, for me to be making decisions now would be kind of um crazy one. And again, we've um, where we have to be capping on Sunday to get to the semi final. So, uh, we can only take it day by day, and I'll definitely just enjoy um, what's ahead.
1: How have you found combining the two um, codes, I'd imagine, because uh, I'd imagine it's kind of difficult combining two separate training schedules and then uh, matches every Saturday and then every, every Sunday every every so often.
2: Uh, yeah, I suppose I know no difference. Um, I've done it my whole way up. I've played three or four sports. Um, every night I'm out. Um, Monday's my only full rest day. Yeah. Um, and I suppose I'm kind of twiddling my thumbs what do I do? But I know that we need our rest days and we need to just put the feet up for a day and take a day off. But yeah, I've been, I suppose, extremely lucky in the way that um, soccer is Tuesdays and Thursdays and Gaelic's um, Wednesdays and Fridays. We do train with Cork City on Fridays as well, but um, I still manage to get two sessions in with Cork City and two in with GA. Um, and nearly always there's one intense and one light. So it does balance itself out and it does keep you on your toes for everything.
1: And so both your managers, both Fifi and Drone On, uh, so supportive of you must be, I suppose, a massive help as well.
2: Yeah, they know they know that I'm um definitely focused on doing both. Um and they'd never hold a gun to my head, I suppose, and tell me to pick one. Obviously there could be matches that clash, etc. But I've been lucky enough that there hasn't. Um so yeah, they're great. They're always watching my workload, making sure I'm not working hard or not working too little. Um, and just to get the best out of me at the weekends.
1: and it's another double header as you mentioned this weekend you've got Cavan on Sunday and then P-Mount on Saturday which is uh, dress rehearsal I suppose for the FAI Cup final in a couple of weeks
2: be a great test P-Mount are quality quality site, so um, definitely we're going to use Saturday um, try to get the best out of ourselves see what way we can I suppose um, go at P-Mount um, and then we'll learn from there and hopefully take it into the Cup final
1: Yeah, fantastic stuff and uh, what was the reaction like I suppose last Sunday when you booked your place in that FAI Cup final with that win?
2: Yeah, for sure there was definitely a huge buzz around um, I think the week and a half leading up to it we were kind of telling the older kind of players were kind of telling the younger ones how exciting it is to get to a Cup final Mm. Um, 2017 definitely has to be a standout moment um, in a lot of our careers um, especially with the boys being there and um, definitely we just kept telling them like if we get there girls it's going to be the amazing feeling it's going to be such a great achievement like it's something that you can put on your CV that you got to a cup final um, just all these things just to keep them thinking this is huge um, and I think we definitely did that so when that final whistle went I think it was nearly a, a relief um, that we got the job done um, it might have been the nicest football but again cup finals you just need the wins
1: and you were trending on Twitter nationally on Sunday, which I suppose A, shows the interest in you, but B, also the interest in ladies football and women's soccer in this country as a whole.
2: For sure. Um, the credit that you have to give to everyone behind the scenes doing the 2020 campaign, all the hard work um, people put in um, weekly, trying to get the Women's National League on streams, the ladies games on streams, getting our games on TG Car, um that definitely doesn't go unnoticed and I know all players are extremely grateful for that, especially in these times now that we can't yeah. have our friends and family at our games. It's um even bigger to us. I think we'd over three hundred and fifty people or something watch our Cork City game on um Sunday. So I think that was we never ever had a crowd like that in Turners Cross, so it just goes to show the <laughs> interest that's um coming into it. But yeah, I suppose um it's just exciting and um Again, we can't be um, underestimate how good people in the background have been trying to get all these games
1: streamed for everyone else. You weren't the only Cork City player who was called up to the Irish side. Uh, Ava O'Mahony also got a call-up, which is fantastic for her. She is an absolutely quality player.
2: Yeah, she's a young, um, super talent. Um, definitely has all the skills. Um, she'll be teaching us at training. <laughs> um, but again, her deliveries, everything. If, if I didn't have a player like her on my team, I definitely wouldn't be getting the goals I have. I yeah. think she probably um, assists the majority of them. The um, first goal, even on Sunday, was the cross in from the corner. The next goal was the cross in from her free kick. Um, so her ball deliveries and her true balls are just phenomenal. Um, she's definitely a pair to watch.
1: Yeah, and Vera was saying that she sees her as a defender, a left sided uh, full back, maybe left back, uh, as opposed to a midfielder, which she plays in with E, which shows you how versatile and how strong she is in a couple of positions.
2: Yeah, I think um, when she first came into the team, she was playing left back. Um, but I think just a girl of her talent, um, we just needed her a bit more, I suppose, in the middle of the field and higher up for that one. Um, she dominates play inside there. She breaks it up and she mm. she plays the nice little passes and can um, get around players fairly easy. So, yeah, she's a huge player for us and um, she's definitely going to be a superstar.
1: And there's two other Cork girls in the squad as well, of course, Denise O'Sullivan and Megan Connolly, both with Brighton. So it's good to see Cork being well represented uh, on the international stage with the girls in green.
2: Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of great talent down in Cork. um, And I think to play with the likes of Megan, um, I played with her in school and Denise is obviously someone that I think everyone in Cork knows and everyone looks up to. Um, She's been to numerous clubs um, at the highest, highest level that you can play at, so... Yeah, it's going to be exciting to hopefully get in with the girls. Um, and as I said, to play up with four Cork players. Um, when I first made the Irish team under 15, um, I was the only Cork person. So it just shows you um, the improvements that are being made um, right around the country. Yes,
1: yeah, certainly does. Uh, Sturcia, thanks very much for trying to us. Congratulations again on the call-up and very best of luck this weekend against Piedmont and Cavan.
2: Thanks a Rory.
1: Well, a victory against Cavan, defeat yesterday against Piemont, so uh, 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 that was uh, uh, Saoirse Noonan there speaking to me about her international call-up, uh, which happened uh, earlier on in the week. Fantastic news, congratulations indeed to her. I was, got a chance to speak to Vera Pau uh, during the week at the press conference that was held virtually on, uh, on Zoom. Um, And I asked about Claire Schein because um, Claire has obviously gone through a bit of a tough time personally, uh, but is back playing with Glasgow City. So I asked Vera if uh, she was in contention for an international call-up. That's what she said. Um, Vera, can I just ask you about Claire Schein? Was she in your thinking for a call-up? I know she's been through a tough time personally recently, but it's good to see her back in action with Glasgow City
9: yeah it's fantastic that she's playing again uh, football gives her structure and it, it her heart is in football completely so it's it's so good to see that she's uh, playing again that she was even on the bench uh, against um, uh, p-mount and um, also with her coach i'm in close contact with scott booth and um, she is She's doing well, she's getting playing minutes, she's getting there um, but we need to have a little bit of patience with her but it's fantastic to see that she's picking up her life and that she's playing again
1: Yeah, it's nice to hear uh, Vera said nice things there about Claire Shine. it's great to see Claire back uh, playing football um, This is also Vera taught with Saoirse Noonan and uh, she was asked by our colleague uh, Andrew Horgan of the uh, Echo if she would have to out uh, if Saoirse is going to have to basically choose one sport over another she is of course an elite athlete in both uh, football and ladies football uh, and this is what Vera said uh, about sersha and uh, potentially having to pick one sport over the other choose one or the other
9: let's first see how she develops. um The thing is, young players have a heart in their sport, they have a heart in their game. Um, The moment that you make the step up and you cannot cope anymore with combining, that's the moment that you need to choose. But I will be the last one to say, you have to stop playing. What I would will do is if she gets injuries, if the pressure is getting too high, if um, yeah, if if she doesn't have recovery time anymore, um, if she needs to focus more, that is the only moment to discuss what do you what do you want with your sport. I will be the last one to say that you have to stop with one sport. The only thing what I would do is discuss with her how she feels, how she sees her future and um, how she wants to design the herself. Um, I'm, I'm, my, my way of coaching is more that I'm a helper to develop players, to develop a team, to get the performance of the team on the pitch, um, than that it is, it is about me. Um, there's no rules. Every individual is different. Um, and um, that is the way I approach every individual in the team also. Perfect.
1: And I uh, finally, I just want to ask about Evo or Manny. Um, she's actually listed as a defender in the squad, but she's been yeah. playing midfield for Cork City. But uh, just a word on uh, her performances, recently.
9: Yeah, she's um, she's selected as a defender, um, as a left defender. Um, I'm also with her coach, of course, in contact. Um, <coughs> um, we've been discussing her development as a midfielder. At club level, her team needs her as a midfielder and she's doing well. But at the international level, her talents are more as a a left defender. Um, And again, with her individual, um, there's not a discussion with the coach to put her as left defender. Because for her development, it's best to be challenged at the position where the team needs you. And her team needs her in midfield. So she's developing actually really fast there. But for the international level, we take her, her highest talent at the highest pressure
1: yeah, it's great to hear Vera Powell there speak about uh, both Saoirse saying she's not going to pressure into picking one sport over another, uh, which Saoirse was greatly appreciative of, as you heard um, in our chat just a, a few minutes ago. And Great to hear her talk about Eva Mani as well. Uh, Eva Mani's been uh, fantastic for Cork in the middle of the park, but Vera sees her as a, uh, a defender, a left-sided defender. Um, so uh, that's uh, where Vera sees her international future uh, at the moment, but uh, as Vera said there, she continues to develop uh, at midfield, uh, for City, uh, who knows, who knows. But uh, fantastic to hear from uh, Saoirse and from Vera uh, speaking to us uh, earlier on in the week. All right, still to come on the show, we are going to have reaction uh, from uh, Limerick's win over uh, Waterford today. Up next, we're going to hear from Ian Maguire about that win over Kerry. The Big Red Bench. On. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Alright, Wales have gone a goal up on Ireland. 73 minutes on the clock, David Brooks, uh, with the goal uh, for Wales. So 17 minutes for Ireland to get back into the game. But they're going to have to do something they haven't been able to do in their last five games. Score a goal. All right, going to uh, hear now from uh, Cork footballer Ian Maguire. Uh, he was up before the media earlier on in the week uh, on the uh, online press conference and Zoom um, talking about the win over Kerry and, of course, the upcoming game against the Tip. So this is uh, Ian Maguire in conversation now with the uh, sports media earlier on in the week.
0: To be fair, we got a couple of days rest there now, so I'm coming around. To be fair, um, Monday morning was a tough going, right, but... For the first time in a while, anyway, I was getting out of bit with a smile on my face, anyway, which is good. And my mother and father were delighted, anyway, because they're sick of seeing me sulk after games like that. So. <laughs> what was wrong? Would you be just, just, just take a nap or something? Uh, I was just fatigued and cramped. So you know, uh, Parky Quive is a bit funny. It's kind of similar to Crow Park in terms of um, towards the end of games, there just get a small bit of cramp. I don't know—is it just the surface or what? But to be fair, that was that was a tough game to conditions and uh, going into extra time it just takes a toll, especially with. I suppose the structure of a club championship, like we'd only club championship three weeks, three or four weeks before it. So your preparation would be a bit different, say in the long, long term, so they're all the small factors. Mark, you know me you know well enough to know that I believe we're gonna win every game. Um, <laughs> no, to be fair, like we, we had a very good league and obviously I know COVID like disrupted that. But we had a very good kind of like camp before COVID started and then obviously when the GA got shut down and stuff that obviously lads were training on an individual basis but it still felt together because obviously there was fellas you were in contact on Whatsapps and stuff like that and you were you were kind of working off a basic template but once players got into club championship then and we kind of started getting back into things with Cork that like there was still a togetherness and there was still a, a residue left from the end of the league so we knew going into the, like the four week period or the five week period say for me personally because obviously our week club championship went a bit further than other, than other fellas that we knew we had a very good team things were going well and like, as a player, it doesn't matter who you're playing. So I'll say, like, take Kerry for this example. You just you just can't wait for big games. And we trained very hard. We had a nice we had a nice game against Lowe. Obviously, it was disappointed not to play long for, but it, it is what it is. But we were really looking forward to the game. And me personally, I can't speak for others, but I was personally very confident going into the game. And, like, I thought... The monster final last year, I thought it was more that we kind of gave it away a small bit. And I think the way we started the game in the first 15 minutes in last year's monster final kind of cost us in the long run. So it was just about correcting those mistakes last year, kind of what Rowan touched on it earlier, but about game management. And we knew going into the game that we we had a great opportunity. And I think everybody knew from the throne kind of what we were at on the day. And to be fair, it took a bit of luck, but sometimes... You just need that. You need a bit of luck to get over the line. Unfortunately, it came to that bit of luck. I thought we should have done it in full time, but look, that's the way it is. You just have to. You take wins no matter what way they come, and hopefully, this pushes us on. Now, funny, like obviously as players, you you know when a team is named or something, you know you might be getting texts, and I, I thought it was kind of funny. You went into the game, obviously there was a bit of talk about Kerry, and to be fair, they are a very good team, and they were talking about Kerry's bench is brilliant and stuff, and I got a couple of texts, and lads were kind of asking about, oh, what about Sean Weiss? Uh, Kevin O'Driscoll, Paul Kerrigan, because a lot of people will have high regard for those players. Like Sean, White was fantastic in championship last year. And I suppose as a player, when you're playing, and then you you looked at the bench, and when my number got called, I saw Kevin O'Donovan running or Kevin O'Driscoll running on. Sorry, and like Kevin a highly experienced player who's played a lot of big games for Cork, and just kind of it's kind of shows that we've quietly built a very good squad over the last two years, and. Like players like Sean White, who's a top operator, Paul Kerrigan, Luke Connolly, Kevin Driscoll, all coming on, just kind of show us to the quality that we have in the moment. And um, it's like you, as like we kind of know ourselves now that, like the 15th starting the game, it's so important how you finish a game. And obviously it was an extra time in this situation, but normal time. Because I suppose one of our weaknesses last year that kind of showed in the Super 8s was we struggled to finish out games. And whether that was substitutions or whether that was just conditioning that uh, I think Roy you asked earlier about SNC that we struggle to finish games where in full time and in extra time we finish very strong and I suppose that's testament to the strength and conditioning testament to the management but it's testament to the players on the pitch as well to be fair I like I suppose my, my personal age group the 94's uh, the, the 1994's the 93's uh, are very familiar with Tipperary like I I feel like I've been playing against Stephen O'Brien uh, tips midfielder every year since 2011 whether it was underage minor 21 and a lot of those Tipperary players are like around my age funny enough Jimmy and another fella Bill Maher like these are very good players and I think everybody in that dressing room after obviously we were delighted after winning stuff but we we knew what was ahead of us and we played some tough games at Tip and I went to college with a few of them. Mike and another player. Super, like these are super players and we know the task that's ahead of us that Tipper are a very physical team, a very tough team, but they have real talent going forward and we know what's ahead of us and I think Ronan touched on it earlier again that like, Ronan is big on consistency regardless of who the opposition is, whether it's Kerry, whether it's manin whether it's you strike, You strive to do the same the right things is what he actually usually says is keep doing the right things. If you're three points up, three points down. So I don't think the process changes changes for this Monster final for Tipperary. It's about keep doing the right things and correcting some of the some of the mistakes the last day. And I, I don't think anybody has any fear about getting up for this game. Thanks, Ian. That me No about So Merek. Ian, just on the uh, the rivalry with Tipperary, um,
1: like twenty eighteen
0: aside. I think most of the games have only been maybe three points max between the teams. Like, what is it about the rivalry that you kind of seem to match up so well? Yeah, I, I actually don't know. And to be fair, in two thousand eighteen, I think that I don't like. I don't think people were very confident when we were going up to Torlitz that day. And I, I remember, I think it was after twenty minutes, I'd not looked as cough fire that day, and the game was nearly over straight away. But in every other in every other game we played against Tip, to be fair, they're a very experienced team. They're they're very big around the middle, and like what's one thing that's about them and in fairness it was shown again against Limerick they, they get goals and it's always a sign of a good team when they're able to get goals and like Quinlivan and Connor Sweeney Jack Kennedy like three of their starting six forwards are of, of very high calibre like I played with Jack Kennedy in college and with Michael Quinlivan two of them are very good and obviously Connor Sweeney like the skill he showed with that sideline they have big game players. They've played at different levels. They've underage success, which is similar to ourselves. They've got to an All-Ireland Final 21. They've won a minor. with a lot of those players that are playing now, they're just a very good team, and they're they're a very big championship team, and they've had a lot of success. You could say maybe we just match up similarly in terms of uh, in terms of players, especially around the middle. Like Stephen O'Brien and Liam Casey are two very good players. And I, like, obviously he's retired now, but George Hannigan was another player. Colin O'Reardon. Like these were very good players that were around my age, and they just translated to senior, and they're a very good team. They're always well organized. Like David Poor was the main man when it was my age with the minors. Like, so they're they're well organized. They've top players, and they play with a chip on their shoulder. Like they have a good attitude. They they always bring the battle. Very rarely you come away from a Tipperary game, and you like you know they haven't brought the fight. They haven't brought the energy. And again, that was on display against Limerick. Like I thought they were dead and buried at halftime, and then all of a sudden they came out at halftime banged in I think it was a 1-5 or something like that uh, without an answer to show us to the, the character of their team and the ability they have to be very yeah, I, like, I, I'm actually a part of a group of a couple of players that just seem to be I suppose we were kind of labelled nearly men which is the worst possible thing you could nearly be called as a player or as a team but over the last couple of years it was kind of hard to put your finger on it and like these are conversations I've had with my own club at Shields like, where we, I would have spoke like how, are we just, how do we keep missing getting over the line and to be fair, there's a, there a lot of factors to it. Like, I think Rowan touched on it in 15 and 17. And even in the game the last day, Like I, I thought personally we showed periods of dominance, but we never put teams away. But I thought our game management last Sunday was as good as it was in any other game because it was a very cagey affair, yet we showed incredible discipline to a very good carry team to not give away a freeze in the scoring area, which I thought was very important. And does it come down to experience? I, it's kind of hard to know it's hard to put your finger on something when you lose so many close games like that does it come down to mentality I, I'm not entirely sure I don't don't really have an answer but what I would always say like in 2014 and I, I've been a part of some bad days in 2018 uh, Kerry and Tyrone were probably two of the worst but I think there's a great attitude with the lads and there's always self-belief and that self-belief can sometimes be challenged after tough losses but I, I found we always bounced back and we always believed and I knew going into the carry game that there was a lot of self-belief in lads and that maybe a bit of luck. Is it the extra strength and conditioning? Is it the extra coaching from Kane O'Neill? Or maybe is it the mentality that we we kind of built on from, say, the Super 8s that we are good enough that got us over the line the next day? I think they're all a factors that you kind of need to rely on. And I think, was it Mayo, around 10, 11, 12, I think they suffered a couple of bad defeats in 2008, 9 and 10, where they just came back like a different team. They bounced back. And maybe you learn from those bad days and I, I know I definitely learned from especially well, 2014 being my first game and then moving all the way to 17 to Mayo to lose an extra time like that. A lot of those players are playing again, like Kevin Driscoll, Poder, myself. Where you, you just learn from those experiences and you just take from that experience. And it's, it's hard to put your finger on, but I like for me personally, and I think I can speak for the lads as well, Like coming off that pitch, perceiving ourselves as the better team, to be honest, and getting a victory like that was just... It was nice and I felt it felt absorbed, to be honest.
1: And just uh, finally for me, um on the question of the inter-county return, like for you it's a month since your you mentioned the club campaign going
0: on late, like to lose a county semi-final after a penalty shootout. Was it did you welcome it to have Cork and something else to maybe focus on straight away after? Uh one one thousand percent. I like I, I always like as a player you're just delighted that you have another opportunity and after that crappy loss now to be fair it was bad but to get back in Tuesday and Thursday and like the beauty of this team is that some of those lads I, I, I hadn't seen in weeks so it was great for an opportunity to meet up with those people and talk to them again and I, like I just obviously I think Polder touched on his, in his interview after the game is that how much love he has for Cork football and I think he Polar spoke for every player that we were just so looking forward to getting back into training again and getting back to playing football because I suppose sport is the great distractor in strange times like this that at least we have an opportunity to go out three times a week and take an emotional brilliant from what is like say COVID, that is the pressure of COVID now at the moment that we can go out train in a safe manner and kind of have a distraction from COVID. so and going back to your point about like losing obviously it was a tough loss again funny enough a tight game that I've lost again shocker that it was great to get it back to get an opportunity to go back out and get better and try and like make it right but I suppose I couldn't make it right in my club but at least I made it right in my county in a way and I can tell you one thing Mark Collins has missed about four penalties in training as well since after he's sticking two against us
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's Ian McGuire there of St. uh speaking about that um Semi-final defeats Castlehaven on penalties, but also, of course, uh, some very positive and upbeat following that win over Kerry last week, uh, which is a shot in the arm the Cork football. Uh, needed uh, it's been great to see all the positive stories uh, about Cork uh, this week in such a positive uh, atmosphere about the Cork footballers uh, and it was great to hear uh, Ian speak about that there alright so I'm going to stick out with Gaelic Games and uh, we are going to talk about the Munster final today because Limerick are back to back Munster champions uh, for the first time since 1981 we are joined now by the wonderful Valerie Wheeler from Semples Valerie, Valerie Harry you.
3: I'm absolutely frozen. At that time.
1: <laughs> That's the joys of our going to
3: talk to you here the stadium.
1: Now. <laughs> That's the joys of winter hurling. What, uh, what else would you be So tell us, what kind of game was that today? I mean, like four point win uh, for Limerick in the end, and it seemed that they were full value for that.
3: Yeah, do you know what? To be honest, Rory, it was a cracking game and it's probably the first game in a couple of weeks that I've been at that I really felt a bit of championship atmosphere and a bit of a boy I know it's definitely not the same without fans and I know I can say that every week and anyone that does be at games, you yourself, Rory, you know it's so different mm. and but it was so close in the end and I think that Limerick went in hot favourites and I think that they, you know, Waterford were well able to put it up to them. The sides were level numerous times. I mean, before um, the, the break at the second half, they were level four times. And I think Waterford really did put up to Limerick. I think that they'll take huge, huge confidence from today's performance because the defence was really, really good with Limerick. I mean, conceding no goals as well. I think that's great, especially in the Limerick side when you have players here that are itching to get in on goals, but. I just think that Limerick have something special, Rory. And I know that uh, the people of Cork probably don't want to hear this now (laughs) that we're probably still not over last night's loss. But I just think that what Limerick have are just absolutely amazing at the moment. I mean, the 15 players in the field and their work rate. And it's just just crazy. I've never seen players that want a ball so bad and that you know work for that ball And if the ball isn't coming to them they get. today was outstanding I think 2018 he's really really positioned is and for such a tiny man you know what he's able to get some serious scores and we were laughing in the game because everyone says that Graham finds that he does get off his left but today he got one off his right and <laughs> Everyone was delighted for him because they were like, he finally shot people up that Graham McKay can do both. <laughs> so I think he'd be delighted with his own performance as well. But, do you know, I think are just... I force we recommend now they're only two games away from probably bringing home the Liam McCarthy. And to be honest, I think they'll take some stopping, Rory.
1: Yeah, it certainly looks that way. Certainly very polished, very, very uh, good performance from them today. Um, so congratulations to them on that victory and that monster Championship. Just a to touch on Cork yesterday, Valerie. Massively disappointing for the Rebels in a game I felt that um, they kind of maybe left behind them a little bit
3: and I think they themselves know they left it behind them Rory because they really did have the momentum of the game I mean in the first half I, I was jumping up and down the press box and I oh, we're not supposed to be but as a Cork woman, <laughs> it's very hard when your side are winning and you know that it's knockout championship but when can scored that goal yesterday and he just he's rift work to get that lick of the ball down the field and I don't know how Tip left him having all the space in the world to get that goal but they yeah. really had a bite about them and it's nice to see that Cork probably give but they're all I know they're out and everything but it's nice for fans and for people to see that they did kind of you know they did give it some bit of a bite I know a lot of people are, are very mad Rory, that they left it after when they're saying oh they didn't you know, but they actually did I things you probably mightn't have seen on television that you could see off the off the TV and off the ball work you know I really did think that it was there for the taking and they did leave it behind them and it is disappointing and you know what uh, what's going to happen next year for Cork because I did mention last night Ciaran Kingston there's players there that do we know the even return? Will Kieran himself even return? You know, it's hard it's hard I suppose. Maybe Kieran'll feel like this probably not isn't a good representation of him this year because it's Covid yeah. and he only had from September to work with this group and you know, maybe people should give him the chance and give him give the team the chance to come back next year, hopefully when things are more normal and when fans can up to turn to play as well. But yeah, it, they did leave it after him and I'm still deflated and i <laughs> I I'm in simple Stadium, and say all the staff are mocking me, Rory, and I wasn't able
1: to forgive us. <laughs> <day I> <laughs> God love you. All right, Valerie, thanks a million for that and uh, safe trip home. That's Valerie Wheeler. In Semple Stadium in Thurles, freezing cold Semple Stadium in Thurles today uh, to watch uh, Limerick's win and to discuss uh, Cork's uh, defeat yesterday, a game that, yeah, as we mentioned, uh, Cork uh, definitely left behind them. All right, uh, nearly out of time. Just going to hear briefly from Katie Taylor. What a victory last night! Um, what a performance! from Katie Taylor it was just absolutely uh, top class world class stuff as she defeated uh, Miriam Gutierrez by unanimous decision it was an easy win for Taylor well she made it look easy but Taylor's hand speed her movement her her, her everything her footwork it was just top class it was an absolute pleasure uh, to watch Katie Taylor uh, win um, her 17th professional fight last night it was absolutely fantastic uh, fantastic performance from her but this This is Kenny Taylor speaking to Sky Sports uh, after uh, last night's win.
8: Eddie's just said off camera
0: there um, that's the best he's seen you box mandatory defences can be tricky nights if you don't take them seriously and taking nothing away from Miriam Gutierrez but you looked a level above in there tonight just how satisfied are you with your night's work
10: yeah I'm very very satisfied I thought it was a great performance um, she was very very tough I was definitely trying my best to get her out of there at times but she just kept firing back uh, she was very very durable she was obviously bigger and stronger than, than, than I was um, but unfortunately just couldn't get her out I would have I loved, loved how to have gotten a stoppage um, today but overall it was a great performance and um, I I'll never went down if I complacent place you because know, she was actually a very very heavy handed, she could punch a small bit and if you're going complacent against those kind of girls that's when you actually get beaten so um, I was I was very very happy today.
0: It's not like you're guilty of slow starts but that was a super fast start, was that pre-planned?
10: It wasn't really pre-planned but um, I'd seen it, I seen that I kind of hurt her in the first 30 seconds and um, I thought I could get around the first round, but how, how wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> was. She was very, very strong, very durable, and um, I just had to take my time a, a bit more in there from, from then on in. But um, I definitely caught her with some uh, great shots in there tonight. But uh, credit to her, she's uh, very, very tough, very durable, and um, well, it was a great fight.
0: You looked great in there, and there were eyebrows raised in the build up about the t- quick turnaround, but the freshness seemed to be, I don't know, fresher than ever.
10: Yeah, I felt great. Um, I went back to Canoga straight away after my, my last fight to start training with Ross, and we knew we wouldn't have taken this fight. If we didn't think we were going to be in, in great shape. Um, it was a tough, uh, d- you know, a very very busy year for me training-wise. But I think I performed best, when I'm actually fighting regular. I'd fight every month if I could, if Eddie, if Eddie would let me. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk after. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no more before Christmas, surely. Yeah. <laughs> Trainer Ross, animate. Just how happy are you with KT's performance tonight?
1: And uh, what do you want to do? moving forward I thought she looked great great variety good head shots body shots Uh, I mean Gutierrez was obviously tough as nails but I think Katie did everything she could do she hit her with just about everything you could hit her with Um, great all around performance the people that we're raising eyebrows, don't know what they're talking about, obviously, so that's why we don't
0: listen
1: to them. Yeah, fact. Brilliant stuff from Katie Taylor last night. Probably Ireland's greatest ever sports person, definitely, Uh, in that conversation. Fantastic performance from Katie Taylor last night. Uh, just an update on the Ireland game. Ireland uh, continuing to lose uh, to Wales. It's uh, 1-0 since time added on. Uh, it's five minutes to be added on then to the third minute of that, so it's Wales one Ireland so it looks like defeat for Ireland. In that Nations League uh, uh, clash Uh, today, uh, Finland have beaten Bulgaria by two goals to one. Just before we wrap up, uh, very quickly back to Temple Stadium, uh, where Valerie has been in conversation uh, with Limerick boss John Kiley.
3: John, uh, first of all, congratulations back to back Munster champions.
11: Yeah, thanks, Valerie. Um, Delighted that we got the win. You know, Uh, it's a great achievement for the players, and then you know something that we can hopefully build on as we go forward the next few weeks. Um, I think. You know, ultimately, you know, it's, it's game three for us and we've qualified for game four, you know, so we're very, very happy now to have qualified for the next phase. And uh, I think the manner in which we dug it out in the last quarter, you know, we showed great tenacity, great resistance and resilience when we were under ferocious pressure from a, a very well-organized and hungry Waterford team, you know, who were playing extremely well. And, uh, you know, we showed great grit there in that last 15 minutes.
3: A close encounter, but I mean, some of your bench. It's important. I think now it's not just fifteen players you need. You need to dig deep.
11: Yeah, I would listen. We, we've we've huge faith in our, our our extended panel. You know, huge faith. Uh, not just the the, the uh, eleven guys who came with us today, but the rest of the group as well. And you know, every day, they are asked to give us that 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes they always seem to find a way of giving us a a real major contribution so today was no different thank God and we needed every bit of it you know, Seamus coming on Adrian coming on winning two or three vital balls and getting a couple of vital scores you know and that's what we needed at that stage so fair play to them
3: Back into an All Ireland semi-final now.
11: Yeah, delighted to be there now, and you know we have worked hard to get there. It's been a tough muster championship. Uh, we certainly earned it, and um, we're very much going to look forward to working hard for the next two weeks to make sure we can be a better team in two weeks' time.
3: Have you enjoyed the championship under such crazy circumstances?
11: It, listen, it's different. Okay, it's it's hard to enjoy it as much as, as we normally would have. Um, you'd like to have your family here. You'd like to have your friends here. We'd like to have you know all the rest of our group with us, but. It's not to be so, you know, we have to just, you know, grind it out, you know, and stay and hang in hang in there as long as we possibly can and try and be there in the last, you know, in the last stages of it. So, listen, we're, we're one step further. We're up as far as game four. Let's go with game four.
3: Uh, last question. Um The surreal experience of maybe lifting the cup to no fans.
11: Yeah, that's that's not the way to do it. We'll present it, I think. A <laughs> different way some other time. <laughs> Definitely, uh yeah. it's uh
1: it's different. Yeah, yeah.
3: Thanks, sir. Okay.
1: You're welcome. That's John Kylie there in conversation with Valerie after their win today over Wadford. Now, as Valerie said, uh, Limerick going to take some stopping in the All Ireland Championship this year. It's all over. Wales one, Ireland nil is the full time score in that UEFA Nations League Group B, uh, League B Group Four uh, game today. It was uh, David Brooks with a header from uh, Gareth Bale cross uh, for uh, Wales was the goal, and Ireland ended the game with ten men as well after uh, Jeff Hendrick was uh, shown a red card just on nineteen minutes so a night to forget for Ireland who still haven't scored six games now without a goal for the boys in green uh, it's been a tough start to the Stephen Kenny era no doubt he'll come under a bit more pressure uh, this week but look the football has improved you can see there's a plan there and uh, hopefully um, it uh, things start turning around in the very near future alright that's it from the Big Red Bench tonight thank you very much indeed for tuning our way our podcast will be online on redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcast very very shortly indeed uh, we're back next Saturday from 6pm now It's Alan Donovan with Green on Red. Three hours of the best Irish music coming your way uh, right here on the Imro National Music Station of the Year, Corks Red FM. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, folks. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks
1: Red FM.